Welcome to Retail Intel, the podcast where we connect with retail and real estate experts and deep dive into the retail concepts we know and love, and some that you may not know yet, but are bound to discover soon. I'm Ashley Casey, Senior Director of National Accounts at Phillips Edison. Today, we chat with Adam Ranella, Vice President of Real Estate and Development at Ike's Love and Sandwiches. Adam has a long history in the food and beverage industry, beginning his real estate career with an established California burger brand, moving into the food and beverage silo of a major hospitality group, and he now works to grow one of California's most beloved sandwich shops, Ike's. On today's episode, we learn the background behind the name Ike's Love and Sandwiches, how a guy named Ike grew his bodega-based shop into a sub-sandwich powerhouse, and what Marshawn Lynch, Halsey, and Steph Curry have to do with sandwiches. Thank you for joining us today on Retail Intel. Um, I was hoping to use this time to chat about you and your background and about Ike. So I was hoping to get started with your background and what led you up to your position now as VP of Real Estate and Development with Ike's Eleven Sandwiches. So uh, I've been in restaurants pretty much my entire working life. I actually started as a host at the Olive Garden when I was 18. So got got in early, uh, kind of served and bartended throughout college, started managing restaurants and uh, opening new locations. And kind of part of the new openings is, is really, really got me interested in the development side. So the real estate design construction. And thankfully, the company I was with was open to me kind of pivoting positions. And, and I had some great mentors uh, that kind of taught me the the real estate side, design and construction, and have been doing that for my last couple of brands. You were with several restaurant groups prior and then a hospitality group. Is that right? Yeah. So I came up with Burger Lounge as where I made that transition from uh, operations to the development side. And it was there for almost 10 years. So from almost the beginning of that company, we had three restaurants when I got hired. Uh, and then uh, the last couple of years with SB Hospitality, which had both lifestyle and luxury hotels kind of on one side of the company. And then the other side was the, the food and beverage side, which had uh, we had full service restaurants, fast casual, quick service, cafe, nightclubs even. And I led development for the food and beverage side. So that was a lot of fun. Got to travel a lot. We had offices uh, all over the country and a lot of international stuff, which which, which was uh, which was a lot of fun. Now, but Ike's uh, about the last year or so. A year. I mean, Ike's has been on fire from what I've read in the headlines. I try to keep up with all of the franchising news, restaurant, food and beverage news, and you guys are really exploding, especially in the West Coast. Can you give us? I mean, I'm in Atlanta. You know, a lot of folks live in the East and and Midwest. So, give us the background on Ike's. I do know it has a big cult following out there in California. Yeah, huge. I mean, the, the original Ike's was really in, in his family's market uh, in San Francisco in, in in the late 90s, early 2000s. So his family owned, a, you know, kind of a bodega style market in the city. Uh, it had a deli counter that was, wasn't being used. And Ike had always growing up kind of made interesting sandwiches with leftovers and other things he just found around the house in the kitchen. So he saw an opportunity there of, of that unused space and just started selling sandwiches other markets for uh, for five bucks and, and people you know started coming and eating them and enjoying them uh, and then eventually in 2007 he opened his first brick and mortar it was in the Castro district uh, of San Francisco uh, opened on Halloween day he didn't sell one sandwich on his first day so we thought it was going to be you know a huge disaster but you know a couple months later uh, he'd lines around the block and, and and really became hugely well known 
uh, you know, through that first store. And then since then, really, we've been we've been growing it, you know, a lot, lot in Northern California, you know, where we're from, uh, but now expanding into uh, Southern California, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, Texas. So yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun uh, coming on board with a company that's growing so so quickly. And uh, we're doing about 20 to 25 stores per year. It's pretty fun. And they're all all corporate stores too. So it's a little different than the franchise model. Um, you know, we're doing everything ourselves and, and running them ourselves. Can, can you give me kind of the concept behind Ike's? I mean, I understand it's deli sandwiches, but there seems to be something a little different and unique about Ike's branding and about the offerings. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's several things that make it special. I mean, kind of starting with the name I- Ike's Love and Sandwiches, and that wasn't even the original name of of our concept. It was Ike's Place, but Ike uh, ended up changing it after a couple of years. And and really, his belief is that you know, people come together over food, and it's not even necessarily about the food, even though ours is delicious. It's really just about the experience and, and the people that you're having it with. So he, he changed it to Love and Sandwiches with Love being first because he wanted everybody you know that walked into the store to to feel love, appreciated, respected, whether it's our staff, our guests, our vendors, or anybody that comes in. So for him, it's really more about the experience and the love part than it is about uh, even, even just the food. But obviously the food is what, what makes people keep coming back. So all of the sandwiches are, are warm and toasty. So they go through an oven. The variety of, of different kinds of sandwiches, I think is a big differentiator because we have, you know, we have, we have regular, you know, amazing meat sandwiches, but we have vegetarian, vegan, halal, gluten-free. So really, any, any dietary restriction or lifestyle choice, you know, you can come in and get something that's delicious and not necessarily just like an afterthought, like, you know, maybe it's some other brands, uh, you know, when it comes to things like vegan and gluten-free. Um, I think the environment itself in the stores is a big differentiator. You know, we, it's fun, vibrant, we use a lot of bright colors and graphics. So we don't take ourselves too seriously. You know, we're just, we're selling sandwiches and we want, you know, I want people to come and have a good time. We want the staff to have fun. I think that's why, you know, people, people like working for us and, and, and coming in and, and eating with us. Definitely the, the names of the sandwiches is, could be the thing we're most well known for. So all the sandwiches are named after like athletes, celebrities, just other kind of random fun names. And, um, you know, with those athletes and celebrities, you know, those sandwiches were created in conjunction with that person. So Ike actually came up with, you know, different recipes, figured out what they like, and then with them created those sandwiches and now come in and see uh, all the different names on the board. We have actually over 800 sandwiches. So obviously you can't have all of those on a menu board in a restaurant. So usually the restaurants have, you know, 40 to 60 sandwiches on the menu. Um, but if you know the name of your sandwich or the number of your sandwich, you can go into any Ike's and, and let them know what that is. And they can punch it into the POS and bring up that recipe. So uh, I think people like, you know, going into these different locations and seeing, you know, kind of vastly different menus, you know, that's not something you're really going to get anywhere else. And I think that's, that's definitely one thing that, uh, that really sets us apart probably more than anything else. So prior to our conversation, I started digging into the menu a little bit and did notice that there were the numbers were all over the board. You know, you go from 70 to 301. So that comes from the just amount of different variations that can be created within the store. Yeah, well, even more than that, the numbers actually all have some sort of meaning to them. So like, for example, with like athletes that we we partner with, a lot of times it'll be their jersey number. So like Matt Cain is 18. So his sandwich is 18. Uh, Steph Curry, we have a sandwich with Steph and, and his number's 30-30 for his sandwich because his number's 30. Uh, everybody in Ike's family has their own sandwich. They got to pick their number for whatever significance they have. And then uh, if you... Uh, if you work for Ike's for five years, you get your own sandwich. So you get to work with Ike, create the recipe, name it, and then 
choose a number. So your birthday, favorite number, whatever the case may be, as long as it's not already you know being used. But that's kind of a cool perk of being here. And I have four more years to go before I get my own family. But, I was going to uh, say, one down, four to go. And then we'll okay, see look, you up there. <laughs> I know, I'm going I'm to start creating it now just to make sure it's perfect. So Hopefully you have a, a you brainstorm some names. I w- I'm looking at them now. And some of my favorites are We're Just Friends, which I feel like is an inside <laughs> joke I'll never understand or may not want to. <laughs> the Menage that one's Oh, and then I love... Um, Sometimes I'm a vegetarian because I totally feel that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some uh, playful names and some innuendo uh, there for sure. Um, I was actually looking into Ike himself uh, prior to our conversation. Very unique guy from what I can tell. And even on your website, you have photos of Ike himself with a lot of celebrities and just famous names. And it seems like they're fans of the concept themselves. Have you met any of these folks? Oh yeah, I've uh, I've, I've met a, I met a couple of them, a couple of the Giants players, uh, been able to meet, and I think one or one or two others that usually sometimes at our grand opening events, you know, we'll get we'll get a few that come out, which which is part of the fun, and and just like Ike's connection with these people is interesting because. You know, it, it really started in because it started in San Francisco. A lot of the initial ones were, you know, San Francisco Giants players or 49ers or, or more local people. And then it really just started branching out from there. And I think he's just, you know, because of his personality and what he does, that people just gravitate towards him. So he's created like this amazing network of, you know, celebrities and athletes and, and just plenty of other interesting people too uh, that I get to meet uh, through the course of being around him. So it's never, never a dull moment. <laughs> Make sure to take a selfie with every single one, it seems. We've got Halsey on here, Steph Curry, Marshawn Lynch. It's an impressive lineup. Yeah, yeah. He, and he's good about getting that photo. He, I don't think he ever forgets, which is great. So I'll put that on my bucket list one day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Next time I make that. it out to Northern California. Yeah, 100%. Come to one of our openings. Usually uh, we'll have a couple at least uh, fun people out there that, that may be known. <laughs> I did just read an article about a new opening you have in the San Francisco area, or maybe in the Bay Area, actually. So a new Bay Area restaurant, which is the first new one in about three years. So that's an exciting new one. It seems like they're excited to welcome another Ike's into the area. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. So we opened in Pinole, California, which is uh, just north of Berkeley. So like you said, in the Bay Area. Um, and the response was incredible. We had our grand opening earlier this week and people started lining up at 6 a.m. for um, you know a free sandwich uh, and, and a shirt and get, getting to meet Ike, you know, even though we opened at 10. So they were, they were out there before the employees were lining up with this incredibly long line at opening and just, you know, really, really amazing turnout by the community. You know, they, they know the brand from you know, the city of San Francisco and Berkeley and Oakland, these other, you know, cities are all around them. Um, you know, maybe they work in one of those cities or they, or they, you know, hang out in those cities and now we're in their neighborhood. So they're excited to have the option. And, 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 and the event itself is just so much fun. They're just the positive energy and everybody's pumped and, you know, we have the music playing and we have the flags flying with Ike and, you know, all the, the first 50 people get a free sandwich. And then after that, you know, you get a, get a basically a kind of a half off sandwich. And yeah, it, it was a lot of excitement, a lot of fun to be a part of. So when I first met you in Scottsdale at a conference, you had a lot of t-shirts and gave me one with the Ike's Lovin' Sandwiches name. And I believe it had a rainbow logo on the side. And I've worn that to the gym several times here in Atlanta. (laughs) And I get comments on it almost every time. That shirt is so cool. What is that? You know, and so I'm trying to be your brand ambassador out here on the East Coast (laughs) for your hopeful migration here at some point. Um, But I'll just have to keep my fingers crossed on that one. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, we're definitely will be making it out there at some point. You know, we're as far as Texas right now, and and are, are already looking at those next markets in the few the next few years. Um, but it's funny, yeah, you mentioned the shirts. I mean, we we create these shirts, you know, for our employees and for for guests and everything that wants to wear them. But the, you know, our team does a great job with the design. It's always fun. You know, obviously, Ike. Ike always up to something or doing something. And, and that, that's really another thing that, that, that makes the brand special is like having this living, breathing, you know, founder and, and face of the brand and cartoon version of, of a real person is, you know, people, really, they love it. I mean, he was signing autographs in Pinole earlier this week. So it's pretty incredible that he's kind of become a celebrity of, of his own and not just the, you know, the people he hangs out with sometimes. Right. I, I actually went as far as looking into his personal Instagram, where it looks like he's a huge advocate personally of the brand, right? Just really promoting his own business, which is incredible. Um, but thousands of Instagram followers. So a lot of folks are interested in both the brand and the personality behind it. So that's yeah, pretty he, unique. He's a good follow. Yeah. Not, not just the <laughs> Ike sandwich. Ike sandwich is a good follow, but Ike himself is also a really good follow. He does interesting stuff. He goes into supermarkets and, and just picks random stuff off shelves and then makes sandwiches out of the ingredients. And it's a lot of, a lot of fun content he uh, puts out. I did notice a marshmallow peanut butter sandwich <laughs> of some sort on there. But um and and then there were a few things that are are probably podcast inappropriate. Um, but I'll just let the listener uh check it out for themselves. <laughs> but definitely an entertaining follow like you said. And then I noticed that you guys have a sort of secret sauce called the dirty sauce. Can you provide any info on that yeah so this is something he's again he created basically as a kid you know just with sauces and spices they had around the house and, and just really wanted to perfect you know a sauce that goes on a sandwich and um i think he's he's you know tweaked it over the years but i mean that sauce goes on every single sandwich so it you know we put a we put a, a layer of it on the bread before it goes into the oven so then it, it bakes right in, in into the bread itself and then you get another layer on the other side and then it may even have like a secondary sauce to complement it um, but it really provides this kind of unique flavor profile that that really pairs with almost any combination of of ingredients on top of it so uh, i can't tell you the exact recipe but uh, <laughs> it's something it's something that we may be uh you know putting out to the public uh, at some point in the future as something you can you know buy on its own just because it's, it's so amazing and has such a cult following very cool i'm excited to give it a try next time i'm on the west coast so this is a real estate related podcast and conversation so tell me about your real estate process what do you guys look for what's next for you in terms of growth let's start out with kind of the strategy behind your site selection what kind of sites are you looking for for i yeah, so our footprint, like the the ideal footprint's about a thousand to fifteen hundred square feet. You know, we have some we have some bigger stores, and, and depending on the opportunity, you know that that's that that can work as well. But that's really our sweet spot. Um, we do a lot of second gen conversions. Uh, it's really kind of one of our specialties, and you know, a lot of former sandwich shops, frozen yogurt, coffee shops. I mean, really any any type of food use, you know, is is the best kind of conversion for us. And we're doing a lot of those right now. Uh, we don't do heavy cooking, so you know, we don't necessarily need to go into a you know, uh, a space with a, you know, type one hood and, and all the infrastructure you need for a full, full service restaurant. Grocery anchored centers are great. Um, we do really, really well in those, you know, busy kind of built in traffic, having some synergistic, uh, other fast casual concepts is great. We love just being in the kind of the center to be, you know, just people are in that center all week, whether they're shopping and they're going to another, another restaurant, they're stopping at Ike's once or twice a week. We just like to be in kind of the routine and what people are, uh, you know, where, where they're most accustomed to, to doing a lot of their shopping, which is, which is great. Demographics are interesting. I mean, I came on a year ago and, you know, being a development professional, I really 
you know, try to go through all of our existing stores and, and, and figure out what works really well, what doesn't work really well. And really the only two things that seem to make a, a, a huge difference for us is just having just general density. So having, you know, a, a lot of people in an area is important. And then some daytime business population is important as well. You know, sandwiches just go so naturally with a office environment or somebody grabbing lunch during the week. But, you know, when I try to correlate things like income or race or, you know, anything else that we traditionally look at in our industry, you know, I, I couldn't find anything. I mean, it, it, we do really well in working class neighborhoods. We do really well in uh, more affluent neighborhoods. You know, we do well in the urban neighborhoods, suburban neighborhoods. So, uh, you know, for me, that's exciting because it really means that it, it opens up so much white space for us and that we don't necessarily need to just find these very specific pockets to put the brand in. And I think, you know, another thing that we're really starting to look heavily at is is catering. Uh, and look, when we're looking at a site, we're actually doing a catering evaluation for that site ahead of time because we launched this amazing catering program that's just really doing much more than we even thought it was going to. And it was, it was actually more than we could handle at the very beginning in certain stores where we had to kind of figure out how to... Uh, you know, kind of control the flow of it coming in. And we did we, we did that a few months ago. So now part of the site selection process, I'm working with our marketing team and they create a catering evaluation of what's the potential in that area, whether it's offices or schools or hospitals or whatever the case may be. And we, we get in and talk to those people before the store even opens to to kind of create that catering pipeline. So yeah, so, it, it, so it's been fun. And, and it, you know, we have lots of, uh, lots of white space with what our requirements are and it's exciting to grow it all over the country. So if I walk into an Ike's, what am I probably going to spend when I go in for just me? Yeah, uh, you know, the sandwiches are 10 to $14, you know, but you get the portion is is huge. I think a lot of people have half and save half for later. I mean, I know I do that some of the time. Um, and then, you know, chips and a drink, if you're going down that road, you know, you're between 15 and 20 bucks usually. Are you working with any tech-driven demographic companies to help you determine where your next location should be? Yeah, I'm having those conversations now. So we don't we don't currently use uh, like a data analytics, uh, you know, real estate company right now. But having those conversations, you know, really understanding if it's something that we need to do and make that investment in, or you know, we're, we have a pretty high success rate right now with doing it a little more of the old fashioned way, just through you know working with local brokers, you know, looking at the basic demographics, you know, including that the density in the daytime and picking sites. I mean, right now we're having a lot of success doing it that way. Um, so we're not sure if we need to make that investment. You know, as we go into these new markets and, you know, if we're going to a place like Atlanta or, you know, other places on the East Coast that maybe we're not as intimately familiar with, maybe it starts to make a little more sense. So definitely having those conversations, but we haven't made that decision quite yet. So say you you find a broker and the broker brings you a site or three in one market. Your role is to, you go out there with the broker to the actual site, you set eyes on the site, drive the market, spend some time there. Is that how it works? Yeah, I'm kind of a one-man team when, <laughs> when it comes to that. So a lot of travel, but yeah, the, basically, yeah. So I'm, you know, I give the basic parameters and the site requirements to our to our local brokers. You know, they'll they'll provide uh, a tour book ahead of time. We'll kind of we'll go through that virtually. Maybe eliminate things that I think I can I can tell even without driving it that I don't think will work for us. Then we we kind of pair that down to you know to maybe a day day's drive. Go out there with the brokers. You know, drive the market. Um, you know, they're they're the most important tool we use. But I also you know I've been doing this a while and I've built a pretty big network of colleagues that are in my position, you know, at, at other restaurant organizations. So for me, it's, it's really helpful to be able to reach out to them and see, you know, if they're already in that neighborhood, say, hey, you know, how does this store in, in Dallas do for you? You know, what, what, you know, what kind of sales are you guys doing there? And, you know, that that's sometimes the best positive affirmation if I can get a couple of those uh, actual sales numbers from the neighborhood, knowing, you know, somebody that goes to, you know, X brand or Y brand, you know, these are likely to be Ike's, uh, you know, uh, customers too. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely use that as a tool, but yeah, that, that's, that's really the main approach uh, is, is working with those brokers and then just spending some time in the area. With 20 to 25 new stores a year, 
that's a lot of travel for for you. You're busy racking up airline points, I'm sure. Yeah, my my my, my personal vacation will definitely be free this year with all the points I'm accumulating. There you go. That's that's yeah. a positive way to look at it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I <laughs> tell my so, wife. So <laughs> that's the excuse for being gone. Um, yeah. So with drive-throughs, I know a lot of companies are looking, especially food companies, food and beverage companies are looking for drive-through models right now. Is that important to you or what's your mentality on having a drive-through? Yeah. So right now our approach is we think our brand actually works better with more of a, of, of a digital pickup lane versus versus a, an actual traditional drive-through. So in the Phoenix market, we're rolling out two digital pickup lanes. So it'll be something where if you've ordered uh, ahead of time through, through the Ike's app uh, or you're a third-party delivery driver or you've called in an order or, or you, you know you have a big catering order ahead of time, you know instead of having to get out of the car, you can just come right through and pick up that order and keep going through. So that's really the, the initial approach we're taking to that is to see if these, these Ike's lanes uh, in the digital pickup, it, it works well for us. And, and I, I'm pretty sure it will. And I think strategically, you know, if we find those opportunities, um, you know, especially if it's like a conversion of some sort, I think that's going to be really our approach kind of to drive-throughs uh, in, in the future. Got it. And so one, one final question for you personally, uh, Adam, what out of all of these menu combinations and without your own sandwich just yet, what is your favorite menu item? Oh, that's a good question. So, you know, I haven't, eat, I haven't eaten all 800 yet. I'm, I'm working my way through, but it may be, maybe a little <laughs> while. The Paul Rubin is my favorite. And, and it's a, so like it sounds, it's a Rubin sandwich. I've never really liked Rubin sandwiches. Um, just, you know, I was not, not usually my style. Um, but when I had ours, it's, it's really a West Coast kind of style Rubin. So it's, it's very thin cut pastrami, which makes a huge difference to me. Um, some purple slaw, French dressing, Swiss cheese. It just eats really cleanly and really well. And, and it's actually kind of light for a you know, Ruben, which you'd never think that. So th that's the one I, I keep finding myself gravitating to, you know, the most often and then putting that on, you know, our, our, our world famous Dutch crunch bread, which is just amazing. And, and another thing that's a big differentiator is definitely, uh, it's probably the one I order the most for sure, but there's, there's so many options. Okay. What is Dutch crunch bread? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dutch Crunch is something that was uh, known uh, in, in San Francisco for many years. It's really the okay. only place you can find it. So a lot of local delis will have Dutch Crunch. And it's, it's traditionally, it's, it's a bread with a really kind of crispy, like crunchy outside, um, and then a soft middle, and it has kind of a sweeter flavor to it. I grew up eating that bread, obviously, from the city of San Francisco. And he, he didn't really actually like it necessarily growing up. And what he didn't like about it was that because that really like hard exterior, like it, it cuts up your mouth and it's really not a pleasant experience. So he wanted to to create his own Dutch crunch with the same flavor profile, but but something that's much softer and much easier to to uh, to chew. And, and I think, you know, that is something that people love and just keep coming back for. I mean, over 80% of our guests order their sandwich on Dutch crunch, which is which is kind of crazy for a sandwich concept. We have five different breads. So usually I think, you know, uh, you know, other places, it's kind of a mix of what people order, but the Dutch crunch is, you know, almost four fifths of, of what people order when they come in. So it's definitely the thing to try when you're coming in for the first time. That's something new to us on the East Coast, I, I would think. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it very much uh, anywhere outside of San Francisco. <laughs> so I'm going to have to try the Rubens. It's the Paul Rubens. Is that what it's called? Yep. Exactly. The next time I'm there. And so where will I be seeing you next? You're always on the road. What conferences are next up for you? Yeah, I'm doing a lot of the retail live conferences. So I think it's where we met originally. So uh, I think I'll see you in Austin. 
Austin's next. Exactly. Yeah. I'm registered for that. So I'll be down there, which is perfect because we're Texas is a huge focus right now. We're we're open in Austin. We have a couple of units open in Houston, and then we're going to be opening in Dallas, which we just started uh, negotiating leases in Dallas, which uh, hopefully get the first one of those open in Q1 next year. So I'll be down in, in Texas quite a bit. So definitely we'll be at that conference uh, uh, in a few months here. Fabulous. We'll definitely keep Philip Edison in mind for Houston, Austin, and Dallas as you move forward on the Texas market. Um, But other than that, that's it for me, Adam. I so much appreciate your time and look forward to seeing you in Austin in just a couple of months. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Super fun. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you as well. Thank you, Adam, for joining us. And we're looking forward to watching Ike's grow across the country. And thank you for listening. If you're interested in learning more about retail concepts and real estate trends, subscribe to Retail Intel. And if you'd like to connect with me or the rest of the National Accounts team at Phillips Edison, send us an email at nationalaccounts at phillipsedison.com. See you next time.